Genre. Welcome to the pilot episode of Spider-Man Minute, the soon-to-be daily podcast where we will analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one web-slinging minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. So, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. 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 I'm excited Uh, about it. This is our sort of like uh, uh, first crack at this uh, to sort of get things rolling before we jump into the movie itself, which which should be fun. well, I, I mean, what are you, how are you feeling, Scott? Like, are you are you excited about this? Are you uh, looking forward to this huge long journey to go through this entire film sixty seconds <laughs> at a time and analyzing I mean, the crap out of it? I'm I'm ecstatic, honestly. Hmm. I I feel like you know. I think everyone has a finite number of good ideas in their life. Um, and I think I used up one of mine thinking up this show uh, to do with you. Right on, so, man. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm from, uh, for those of you who don't uh, follow maybe the movies by minutes or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, I'm from Back to the Future Minute, which I did with my co-host Nick Jimenez. Uh, we did three seasons of that. And uh, have are about are about to finish Back to the Future Part Three in June, and then and then we've got a series finale planned that involves Back to the Future: The Ride. Awesome. Um, and then and then we're retiring that show. Hmm. And when I started thinking about uh, future projects and things like that, um, w- all of this comes from Star Wars Minute, who sort of started this whole thing. Pete yeah. and Alex over at Star Wars Minute, uh, they started with A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, or just Star Wars, as they like to refer to it. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, they started with that like back in 2014, yeah. I think, is when they started. Uh, and it it just got, you know, it got really popular. Their show did. And then around Return of the Jedi, they were like, you know, if anyone else wants to do this sort of thing, you can. And I was one of the first people to just be like, hey. <laughs> I want to do Back to the Future. Can we do this? And he's, they're like, yeah, sure. You, the only rule is you gotta, you got what you start. You have to finish, and you have to give us credit. Uh, and of so, yeah, so credit where credits due to them. Of course, we're. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars Minute. Oh yeah, it's 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 awesome show, and it's sort of blossomed into this like this whole small community of people doing minute by minute um, podcasts. It just seems to be getting a bigger. And, and more interesting, I'm I'm excited. Like, I just I've heard about a couple coming down the pipeline that I'm like, I can't wait to to listen to that, let alone like be a guest on or like have people from that show over on this one. So um, I'm just really excited to sort of uh, enter into this cool new world mm-hmm. of uh, of daily analysis podcasts. It's a lot of fun to listen to. So I assume it's just as much fun to, to, to co-host. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the thing with, uh, with with this with this format that mm. I was always jealous of Star Wars Minute uh, with is mm. that 
um, as soon as they started, like halfway through their first season, I think, yeah, Disney bought Lucasfilm and announced episode seven. And suddenly they were like, oh, we're never going to stop doing this. <laughs> like, oh, uh, no, we're locked in for the entire future of the human race. Got it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, I, we were doing, Nick and I were doing Back to the Future. And I was like, you know, the thing that makes me sad is that this show has a finite ending. Like, we're going to stop doing this. Uh, at a certain point. And that, right. that end point is this summer. Yeah. And I just like, man, I wish there was a franchise, another <laughs> franchise like Star Wars that is just like never going to die. Um, it just keeps taking bullets and never goes down. Um, and 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 then uh, you were in the Women's March um, cosplaying as, as Spider-Man. Yeah. And I saw that image and I was like, and at the same time, I think right around that time, you were guesting on Lord of the Rings Minute, and it right. was like one of the best weeks of that show. Oh, thank you. Ever. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, that was a good week and then, <laughs> in my life in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly I was like, it was just like a light bulb. Like, wait, I love the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. It's Zach's favorite superhero, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, like, yeah. I haven't talked to you directly about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, but I'm sure that you love them as much as I no, do. No, absolutely. Like, this is a, one of the key formative texts of, like, my becoming an, a human being was, oh, was watching yeah. the Sam Raimi movie. I mean, they're in, in, in around the same time. I think I talked about it a little bit on that, um, the, on the Fellowship of the Ring, or, uh, sorry, Lord of the Rings minute, uh, um, guesting spot that like there was a summer or two there between when lord of the rings came out and first spider-man movie came out where it was just like back to back to back these like huge cultural icons dropping in the cinemas and like that that effect that had on a whole generation mm -hmm. going from uh lord of the rings right to harry potter and then right to spider spider-man which sort of kicked off like this whole new new blockbuster generation that is like what we've been like swimming in and like our consciousness in terms of like the things that had what would have been to um, to somebody in the seventies, like watching star Wars for the first time, that analogous feeling was like those couple years there between 2001, 2003 ish, where like the, the world changed in terms of uh -huh. cinema. Yeah. And like, so that like we were talking about that, I was excited about that. And I, I referenced Spider-Man being one of those, those things that just, um, it was like a bolt out of the blue. Like it, it, it's still, I mean, in preparation for this, I've been like doing some research or, or watching old trailers and just like the, f the feeling in like the gut of my being where I am immediately that that kid again being like, oh, my God, Spider-Man's real. I'm going to see <laughs> I'm going to see Spider-Man for real. It's it's going to be on the screen. It's and like uh, that feeling I have anticipating. I had no idea what the film could be at that point is sort of the, mm -hmm. the way I feel about anticipating this this journey we're going to go on here of of actually looking at it. Um, far more deep tissue than I've ever looked at the film, even though it has been a, one of my favorite movies I've ever seen and B one of the most important uh, characters to me. So this is just mm -hmm. like that, all of those things coming together and then filtered in the timing. And then uh, you were like, Oh, I, I can, I can, I can do this. Let me. And it was, I'm sure the turnaround was like only a couple days between you having the idea for the show and us confirming that we should do it. And then just like, sprinting ahead into uh -huh. <laughs> seeing if we could make it a reality and so it's almost um it's almost hard to believe because i'm 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 sitting here in front of a computer surrounded by you know 
three Spidey suits and a bunch of books on Spider-Man and like my 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 microphone and all that. And um, I'm just sort of reveling in the idea of of getting to share that enthusiasm uh, with whoever is uh, is happy to listen to the show. Like that's that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Way to go, Absolutely. Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, as far as our plans for the show, um, mm. this is this is Spider Man Minute, and it's always going to be Spider Man Minute. Uh, and we every season on the show, we're going to take hiatuses between each coverage of of each film. Yeah, but uh, but we are going to cover the entire Sam Raimi trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to do the Amazing Spider Man movies, and presumably yep. move on to the Marvel Studios the new Marvel movies. Studios. Yeah, because if yeah. we give them enough time, I think we'll have already lapped up to at least Spider-Man Homecoming by the time <laughs> by the time we're we've gotten through the first few real movies. So, depending on how uh Marvel wants to wants to play things, this could could also be one of those like on into infinity and beyond type of uh, of yeah. projects, which is um, Well, because exciting. because here's the thing, here's the real question that we're going to have to ask ourselves. Yeah. In the future, when we get to Spider-Man Homecoming, after that, do we cover Homecoming 2? Or do we cover the Miles Morales animated movie? Oh, see, that's gonna know. be oh. that's gonna be a really good question when we get there, that's right? Gonna be fascinating. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I'm I'm so, even thinking about like if we have time to do like ex like like weekend specials or things like that where we might even look at like an animated series or t- or take a moment yeah. to talk about a video game or, or I don't Absolutely. know. I mean, there's so that's, there's so much Spider Man. <laughs> That's definitely something that I want to do. I I definitely want to do weekend editions because I was just when I was just looking up like, you know, what I was, you know, I was really critically thinking about like, what is my Spider-Man origin story? Yeah. Where where did I first start finding out about Spider-Man and and everything? And, you know, like ultimately Spider-Man is such a, a cultural, you know, pop culture icon. Yeah. That. I, I have no idea. You know, I, I feel no, like yeah. it was always Baked it was always part of, of my reality. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But one of my earliest memories that I can remember is that my my dad, who got me into every nerdy thing that I'm into, yeah. uh, that all of that early stuff, you know, he showed me Star Wars for the first time, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And he definitely Spider-Man is his favorite uh, comic book character. Yeah. And he uh, he bequeathed me a costume that <gasps> he made from scratch in the 70s or early 80s oh out of God. like long johns and he he like sewed like felt like not oh. felt like a I think it's like a sweatshirt kind of yeah. like a red sweatshirt over blue long johns oh my god to, to like do the spider-man thing and then he drew the the webbing on with the with with the permanent marker yes and he had like the one-way mirror uh eyes with the you know (laughs) everything and like the 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 black around the eye that like that shape i'm sure you know exactly what that shape is called oh Um, there's different terms for it but yes the the frame at least (laughs) yeah yeah the frame of the eye um he did that out of like like puffy paint i think oh wow and so like it's all it's very like homegrown thing that he was very proud of because he won a costume contest yeah, wearing it and like in like the I it would have been like late 70s early 80s something wow. like that and it was in a it was in an old bowling bag and <laughs> he gave that thing to me and I wore it all 
the time. Of course. All the time as a kid. Oh. All the time. And it was way too big for me. You sure. Know, yeah, no, of course. Like when he gave it to you, I'm sure he when he made it, he was much older than you were when you received yeah. it. So like Absolutely. <laughs> you had some growing Absolutely. pains to go through. Yeah. Um, but I remember that and I remember him, you know, sitting me down and like, hey, let's watch the, you know, I have a I have a bootleg VHS of like when I taped it off of the TV, because my dad was all about taping uh, TV shows that he was saving for whoever his kid was eventually going to be. Um, and I ended up getting that honor. So yeah, of course. <laughs> he, he showed me like a VHS of like the 70s Spider-Man. Like the, the Nicholas pilot. Hammond one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And he showed me that. And it was like, it was that weird combination of just like, and I think, I think that's where I get a lot of my joy from things that are like not great, but are still like, fun like i think that's where i get that joy from because you know Mm. his whole thing with that spider-man thing was like he's like look he would like laugh at it but then also be like it's all we had (laughs) right (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so so that 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 costume and that 70s show really started me down that road and then i remember one of the first comics i ever got was uh Amazing Spider-Man number 378, sure. uh, which was part three of Maximum Carnage. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and right and I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember <laughs> one of those things, like it was one of those things where I will. That was the first one of the first comics I ever read. Definitely my first Spider-Man comic. Yeah. And I was just trying to like follow the story because I was just fascinated by like you know, the Spider-Man that I knew in cartoons and stuff wasn't the Spider-Man in this because he was married and he was like this crazy, like ripped 90s Peter Parker, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like where Um, everybody was built like Captain America in in the 90s. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I was, I became obsessed with trying to find every issue of it. And I, you know, I ended up, I think I got seven of the 14 issues um, because uh, you know, I got it over the summer and my dad would take me to find them. But then when yeah. I got home to my mom, my mom was like, what? No, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about that. Why do you care about that? Get out of here. Just read what you have. I don't yeah. care. It's important. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Try explaining to your mom that that's important. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but around that time, too, was the 90s Spider-Man cartoon on Fox Kids, yeah. which between that and Batman the Animated Series and, and Superman the Animated Series, I mean, those were my three shows. Yeah. Um, they re- I never quite got into the, the Fox Kids X-Men for no, whatever reason. The, the, with the like crazy guitar riff one. The, the, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I still love that theme song. Oh, like, yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the show itself was like very serious and sure. just like didn't, didn't quite grab me. But the Spider-Man show was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, watching it now, though, it feels like a previously on that just never stops. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, like, it's, it's very just, truncated it's like storytelling. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Every scene is like under 30 seconds. It's really yeah. funny. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I, those, those shows were the one, I don't remember X-Men much either, but like core memories I have are either Batman, the animated series or that Spider-Man show, something about the way they, they drew it and all that it just sticks in your brain mm-hmm. a lot more. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I went from that to, so like I couldn't convince my mom to buy me comics because she was like, they're almost the prices of a book and a book has more words. Like, come on, let's think about this logically. <laughs> um, you know, it'll take you five minutes to read this or yeah. I can get you a book. So our compromise was that I read a lot of Spider-Man novels. Oh, Wow. 
Yeah, like Whoa. I read a ton of those. No way. Yeah. That's, that's so the, wow. I, I don't think I've run into somebody where that was like one of their key touchstones into the character was the the physical paperback novels or whatever. The like. Oh just yeah. Words. Wow. And what, what was that yeah. like? So it was just like you just you know sat there in the corner for a long afternoon, just like soaking in the images without the images. Like that's fascinating. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah. essentially, I mean, I, I, I mean, one, one of the things with me was that like my mom grounded me a lot. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I, I, she's a little overzealous with the grounding, I would say, Fair looking enough, back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but one of the things that she never took away from me was books. So oh. I read constantly and I read like, two to three times faster than anyone else my age. Sure. Um, at least at the school that I was going to. And so I would end up reading one of these Spider-Man books. Like I'd go through one, you know, every other day, you yeah. know, between that and Goosebumps and, and Boxcar Children and all that other oh, stuff sure. I read. But, Animorphs? But, the Animorphs? That was great too. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, that was, a, that was a little over. That was a little, a little after past me. Your time. A little after yeah. me. Sorry. Yeah, they're they're worth me. checking out. No, they're not. Not anymore. They're not. <laughs> I know that they're weird. They're worth reading the Wikipedia entry for. They're really weird. But yeah, no, I totally um, know that feeling of I'm just here all day and I'm going to sprint through these chapter books and then, you mm-hmm. know, pick up another stack from the mm-hmm. library. Yeah. I, I yeah, have, so I yeah, go for I it. I definitely I read a bunch of those. <clears throat> um although very rarely they all seem to come out in trilogies and I very rarely got to read an entire trilogy. I think I read the first one was a trilogy that started with a Venom book and I think oh, wow. I I read that because at the time being a kid, you know, I loved Venom and Carnage and, and Maximum oh, yeah. Carnage being one of my like early things. Like I, I loved like the whole concept of the symbiotes and all of that stuff. Um, I've since, I've since largely grown out of it. I think a mm-hmm. part of it I'm really interested in and I'll be excited to talk about all of that stuff when we get to Spider-Man three. Yes. But years but, from now. <laughs> right. But for the most part, I, I think largely the symbiote stories have been mishandled. I yeah, yeah, I'd agree about about that. Yeah. It's a slightly tricky concept and I think it's it's way too mm-hmm. easy to just go um really like grim and gritty, like dark, yes. super serious, like like it, yeah. it feels very of a certain 90s time where it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is so mean." But of course when you're when you're growing up in the middle of it, it's just I've ne- I've never seen anything that was like uh, almost like a horror comic but also with my favorite superhero in it that there's something really crunchy and and interesting about the symbiote stories there, which is where I think is valuable and worth exploring. I just think a lot of the times, if you look back on some of those storytelling wise, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I'm sure we'll we'll end up watching it on whatever like kind of weekend edition we end up coming up with for yeah. the show. But I uh, I think the pinnacle of the whole symbiote thing is probably the uh, the uh, '90s animated series arc. Yeah, because um, it's that's, quick. That was always. That yeah, it was it was I think it was three episodes mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, but it was it was really solid and tight and yeah it was uh, that's always been my go to I think sure um, when I when I think of that when I think of the mythology of that that's what I think of but yeah uh, but yeah so you know I read a bunch of the novels and then you know as I got older uh, you know I played a lot of the games I played the uh the the i played the maximum carnage game obviously mm-hmm. for sure. snes yeah. mm-hmm. i also had uh return of the sinister six on nes awesome um which was uh which was a lot of fun and then i'd say it, it was the year before 
mm-hmm. or two years before, because I think it was 2000 that this came out. Right. Um, yeah, 2000. Uh, it was the, it was two years before the movie, the PlayStation, PlayStation Spider-Man game. Oh my God, that game. Well, I'll talk about that game a lot myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NeverSoft, the NeverSoft game. And then uh. there was a sequel the following year, not done by NeverSoft, called yeah. Enter Electro, which I also played, but was not great. I mean, look, the ultimate boss was called Hyper Electro. I mean, we don't really need to talk about it. It's it's fine. Dude, Hyper Electro has nothing on uh, Doc Ock Carnage. So, like, let's let's be real here. What do they call oh, him? Yeah, Monster what was Ock? that in? Yeah, it, it's at the end of the first one. The first uh, Neversoft. Oh, right. At the end, the, the symbiote attaches to Doc Ock. <laughs> you have right. to, like, you have to run because you can't fight him. He's so strong. You just have to run away like, a, right. like it's a horror game or something through these... Um, vents or whatever it's you know to escape the complex that's that right scared, that scared me more than like any scary movie my brother showed me when i was younger anything like i that's seared into my brain that never soft game just the ending of that mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy monster arc but it was it was uh. crazy because like it had daredevil in it it had uh human torch yeah. you know like punisher was in it like yeah, it captain was... america shows up at the end for like yeah. a hot sec like it was yeah. it felt like the the marvel like it extended beyond the corners of the frame that there was this whole other world with other it, it felt the most like uh oh i am the superhero than than any other game i i, I played at the time granted I, I didn't play as many video games as a lot of people did but that one that mm-hmm. one definitely left a mark because you felt like you felt like Spider-Man when you're, <laughs> yeah, when you're playing absolutely, oh. absolutely. And then, and then, as I got as I got older, I I got into comic books as like more of like a like an actual like comic fan yeah, totally. kind of person. Um, and so I I started reading like a lot more comics and going to the shop regularly and. Um, looking up old stories like at the library because like around yeah. the early 2000s is when the library started carrying comics. Yeah, they'd have like trades um, of things and whatnot and you could right. like, yeah, find yeah, a so couple I would things. Read, yeah. I'd read everything I could that had Spider-Man in it um, and so, you know, that's that all led to the release of the movie. What what about you? For me, I mean, it's it's a similar uh, scope of, of uh, uh, interaction with the character. I mean, I don't remember a time before I knew what Spider-Man was or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where, where it felt such such a part of the fabric of reality that uh, Spider-Man is important to me. I would like to be Spider-Man. And when I was when I was a kid, if, if I take like a couple steps back from just my own limited uh, perspective and look at like my family zone, uh, basically, I think the key thing about it is that I have an older brother who's um, much older than me. My my brother Chuck is 20 years older than I am because he was from my dad's first marriage and I'm mm. from my dad's second marriage. So there was a, there was a long gap between us, um, you know, uh, when we came around. So when I was growing up and uh, my older brother and my older sister would take care of me or, you know, if they're babysitting me or we're hanging out or, or whatnot, he was already a kid in college and he was much more interested in like showing me things that he was already stoked about or that that he thought was a, a valuable, you know, piece of media that I should like consume in my brain than just like, oh, let's watch kitty shows and things like that. So my brother sort of like curated a lot of my interest as a kid, you know, I, similar to the way your dad like showed you all the cool nerdy things in the world. My mm-hmm. brother was that force in my life being like, no, check this out, read this, here's this character. So growing up, I remember because he had a huge comic uh, collection and he was going to school um, to art school. He's getting a degree in um, uh, 
uh, I guess, studio art, uh, visual editing. And then a thing that he did after college was he worked for a little while as um, as a penciler where he did he did make comic books. I mean, that was he that was his medium. That was the thing that mattered so much to him and that he loved and that he would try to share with me um, even before yeah. I have a memory of 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 like uh, of of knowing what a comic book was. I remember like sitting down with my brother while he was drawing and mm-hmm. I would be like trying to copy an image off the cover of something. And, you know, it's funny yeah. that you say that because yeah. I, now now I, you were talking about that. And it's just like flash memory of like another thing. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Out of my life. Yeah. yeah. No, my my cousin, Mark, um, who is my uh, my aunt's kid. Yeah. Um, he was a little bit older than me. He's like the closest thing to like a big brother I ever had because I'm the I'm the eldest in my sure you know, immediate family. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like he was about five, seven years older than me. And mm. I remember in the early nineties, he was way into like the image boom. And, oh, sure. And yeah. Mc, McFarlane and Larson and all, all of those guys. Yeah. And he was way into the McFarlane Spider-Man. Right. And I'm just now remembering that's probably where I got, my initial like introduction to like venom and and carnage and yeah. all that stuff like the first time really you saw those that. images like wh- like who right. was the person that like uh, let me see, <laughs> see this or right something right like that. yeah because um, he he was really into comics and he probably was like oh what what kind of heroes like superheroes do you like and i was like oh, oh i love spider-man because that would right. always be the thing at my go-to yeah and he was like oh you like spider-man check this out look he's got this bad guy who's like an alien version of him and yeah it's like this whole like, thing and i just i was probably like you know, mm-hmm. eight years old or six years old and was just like, what? what? Like, it was what? like, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My brain what was just warping. But yeah. And yeah, yeah. So that, I just remind, I just remembered that. Exactly. When you were talking yeah. About that, it's the yeah. same sort of thing because my brother would, he, I, I, like he would do things that uh, looking back now, I'm like, I wonder if he was like actively attempting to mold me into a certain person because he wouldn't be like, oh, here's all of my Spider-Man stuff. Read these or whatever. He would like, I'd be excited about something. And he'd be like, all right, well, first, read all this silver surfer and then like, you know, like, like you're testing me or whatever, like, see, okay, you like that? I'll show you this. I very rarely got to read like, um, long extent. And plus I was, I was asking for these comics before I was probably able to, to read them properly. I remember a lot of it being a drawing exercise. And one of the things I talk about a lot with Spider-Man is he just has one of the best costumes. Like it's one of the most interesting to draw, not just because it's a, a cool designed outfit, because his particular power set means that you're always drawing him in interesting uh, perspectives. He's he's mm-hmm. climbing on walls. He's upside down. He's swinging through the air. He's all elbows and knees everywhere. Like from the very first issue of Spider-Man, you could draw more interesting things with that character than, you know, somebody who just stood there with their hands yeah. on their hips. And um, and I so I remember like my first memories of Spider-Man were just as that like piece of iconography that my brother was showing me and then later when i could read the comics he would give me specific stories i I think the first comic i remember reading was he gave me like the um i I want uh the secret wars um uh comics like the first appearance of the symbiote and yeah yeah but like it's the symbiote is not like venom and like a crazy bad guy for a long time for a long time, right. it's just Spider-Man's black suit, you know, and so yeah, it was something like like six months to a year yeah, or something before yeah. it started going bad. And I didn't, he didn't give me the the issues where it went bad. I didn't get to those until I was like 
like you watching the TV series where Venom was like a huge thing. And that blew my mind. I was like, that's like the black suit, but he's bad. But like what? Like that, all that in my brain, like in my in my original mind, like I, I can see red and blue Spider-Man. That's classic. And then I remember reading all of these um, comics with the black Spider-Man suit and thinking that was super cool. So I have a memory of one Halloween when I was, I guess, like five or six, maybe uh begging my mom to help me make a spider-man suit um and what we what we did was we we went to um i don't know whatever local place there was like a store where you can buy like sewing patterns for costumes because my mom's a pretty Mm -hmm. decent seamstress um and i found patterns for like body suits and then a different pattern for it was like um like an alien head or something that was like this uh just a mask that you pulled over your head that was uh, sort of bulbous, like an onion or something like that. And I guess you were supposed to make a little <laughs> green man out of it type of thing. But I was like, we could use that. We'll make that smaller. And, you know, she was very, my she was a very patient lady, my mom, with all of my um, <laughs> Halloween requests. She really did want to, like, help make the thing that I was excited about. Because I was one of those kids who, like, if you went down the, like, aisle at the Halloween store and, like, looked at, like, the official options of things, I would always want something, but I wanted the real thing. So we got, yeah. we got like stretch fabrics and I, and I, I, I got this like sticky felt and stuff like that. And I demanded that we make the black Spider-Man suit because that's how cool Spider-Man is in his black Spider-Man suit, but not as a bad guy. So I remember we spent uh, several weekends working up to this, building this, uh, this bodysuit, And then I was going in and I was, um, uh, I, I put the, the white symbol on the chest. And I remember like planning out for, hours how to fit all the legs on there and trying to get them to line up and i got them all to stick and then my mom would go in and sew the edges because i didn't know how to sew properly and she built the mask and we'd like we'd have to take darts in to make it fit better and better but eventually we got a version of this black bodysuit with the spider on the chest and the and the eyes and i could see out of we got these like um this fabric mesh um that i i painted um not painted i i took a permanent marker and made it black on the inside but the the fabric mesh itself was white, so on oh. on on the outside looking in, it's it's white. But when you're um, looking through the mask, it, it was it was dark and easy. I learned at that point, which is something I still deal with uh, today, that if you create a, a mesh for a Spider-Man eye that's white, it's hard to see out of because it likes to flare, you know, because that it reflects a lot of light back at you. Oh, the color white yeah. does on the inside, but if you make it black on the interior. Your eye just kind of is better at disregarding it like you're, I don't know, looking through a pair of nylons or something. Um, but huh. so I, I worked on that. I was so excited about it. I remember um, my oldest sister, Amy, had a boyfriend who was um, like a, a, a big like a Star Wars guy, costume guy. And he I I was so excited at this party, uh, this little kid, me in the Spider-Man costume. And this dude showed up in like full stormtrooper regalia, like he was a member of the 501st or something. And I, oh. I was like, "You can make costumes that that nice." He was like, "Yeah, you can." And I was like, "Hey, why are you dressed as uh as Venom, kid?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I had no concept. Well, I guess maybe this was before the Venom, thing, but I, he was talking about the that what I was wearing was a bad guy, and and to and I was like, "Spider Man's not a bad guy. Spider Man's the greatest." hero in the world what are you talking about and and that we had this conversation that like almost i almost was like angry at him to like go learn about but i remember a knowing how hard i had worked on that costume and knowing that there was another level out there where you could make things that look realer than real and and that like that's drive to be better and also like 
trying to learn what he meant by by this being a bad thing and trying to learn more about that world there. And I, I think that Christmas, I had told my brother about this, obviously, and he he got me, maybe maybe this was a couple of years later, but he got me this like encyclopedia thing that they printed at Marvel. It was like a everything to know about Spider-Man book. Um, and it was just, he, he got me a couple things like this over the year, but it, instead of like actually reading all of the um, the original comics, I had this, this window into this world is real and here's a description of all the things in it and here's who the jackal is and here's who you know uh, mysterio is and here's all of the things they've been up to and here's how spider-man's gear works here's the whole deal with the black suit i remember like staying up at nights reading about this being amazed by it so that's you know one part of the narrative you know going into learning about spider-man um through my brother and then the second important part was uh, similar things with the the um um the TV show coming out and all that, but I was I was more in this like oh I'm a, a historian learning about Spider Man than I was a kid who read a lot of Spider Man comics. For like for a while, the the character was slightly divorced from the actual stories, and I I loved Spider Man. I was in, enthused about it, but he was still that um, that concept or that um, that metaphor you know great power great responsibility i've always known that i've always known the the uncle ben thing but i i didn't feel it as a story i felt it as like this you know this icon this thing and then i guess two years before the movie came out around the turn of the millennium uh when i was i I think it was about like 10 years old or something like that so i was like right at the age where if i was going to get obsessed with comic books i it would be a good time for it uh marvel decided um to launch this new line uh, called Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, was a writer and he, he uh, Mark Bagley was the artist on it and their their explicit goal was to cater to people exactly like me. What I w- didn't realize at the time, reading those like individual issues that my brother had given me of Spider-Man but not having like a long form story arc to go with him was that I, I would get excited about the world but I didn't feel it was a story because things you know wrapped up issue by issue where I only saw a piece of a story here um, but what was new about um, Ultimate Spider-Man was they're like, okay, there's this whole years and years, decades of history and lore that are kind of in the way of new readers grokking what the deal is with Spider-Man. It's confusing mm-hmm. and he's married, but and then people are dead, but they're not dead. And every person you meet, there's all that. Like, what if we, you know, put that to the side and we have a second new universe we make here where we tell the origin of Spider-Man from the start? A and then the second thing they were doing was they they um, went after Brian Michael Bendis. I don't remember what his previous big project was, but he was th- this new trend of like um, decompression in storytelling, where you take about six issues to tell a story that you might have told in like one issue, you know, back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like you took you take longer and you draw it out into like a serialized arc, and and the pace of the story changed, and it changed at that time when I was more interested in chapter books and I was more interested in like you know longer story um structures that there was this new comic book that dropped immediately then about a character that i loved but i didn't have like a lot of story hang-ups with that i had already read all of the like details of the lore with because of these encyclopedias but i hadn't seen the stories it was spider-man getting his powers spider-man's origin and then we will sit on this one track and tell a long-form story and i just it blew my mind that that mm-hmm. comic book was the first time I had read a story week to week 
month to month. You know that uh, the, with the first ones when the first ones were coming out, I would have my brother take me to like the comic book um, uh, shops, and I would get the issues. And then later, I moved around a lot as a kid, so uh, when we weren't near those shops anymore, I would have to like wait for them to come to the local Barnes and Noble or something. So I'd have to wait for trades. Um, uh-huh. And so in the meantime, between those, I would reread that story over and over again from the beginning up to where I'd left off waiting for the next one to come out. And that continually checking back into it sort of wore this groove in my brain about um, the the core of Spider-Man. I, I think they really were smart about what is essential to the character, what is key to his appeal, and how do we present that in you know a modern context. It, it's lovely. And two years of that, and then this movie came out and the world changed uh, for, for me. Like I, I remember this film just, it, it, it hit me in the very core of my heart as, as a symbol of what I, what I hoped a person could do. You know, we don't have a, a shared cultural mythology in America that is a, a proper stand in for like classical Greek, Greek tradition or like Norse mythology or things like that. Like there's almost a gap in our culture of where do we tell the stories that we all refer back to that have this like mythic scale. And I think that void is filled by superhero tales. And I, I'm not just being trite about that and that like, Oh, Hey, have you noticed that like Hercules is really strong and that like, you know, Superman is really strong, but that, (laughs) that literally that it serves a a function. Um, and uh, I, I, I remember reading, um, this thing that Tolkien wrote about the importance of, um, you know, that, that fantasy can serve as a mythology when that mythology is missing. Because early on when he was writing like the Silmarillion and things like that, that part of it was he wanted to create an idea for an idealized mythology of Great Britain in the old Norse tradition, in the old Greek tradition, that like what is a mythological uh, tale that that refers back to it. You know, just build that world out and then eventually became mm-hmm. all sorts of things. But mm-hmm. that same sort of reflex in, in my in my mind is where superheroes fit into the American consciousness because they are we don't we don't have that sort of you know core tradition of this mythology is the way the world was how do we refer back to it but how do you tell right. those sort of grand tales about feats of of uh, all sorts of things for us we have superman and we have batman and we have spider-man and we have the Mm -hmm. the x-men and things like that and we all refer back to that and when i got deep into ultimate spider-man i got deep into that thing that a lot of people um talk about when it comes to spider-man about him feeling more relatable you know we we all have that sort of um i'm going a little a little sidetrack here in terms of the actual storytelling of how i uh came to love (laughs) spider-man so much but that thing of (laughs) Spider-Man feels different from other superheroes, or at least the, the more classical. He's he's he feels different in his actual construction than somebody like Wonder Woman or somebody like Superman or somebody like Batman. Even in that, yeah, I mean, he comes yeah. from a totally different time period. Time period, too. yeah. It, yeah. It, it's not, yeah, because the new kid on the block, you know, Marvel method approach to like. It, I'm not as well versed in like the actual um, history of of comics as an industry, but I am you know, uh, personally versed in in what storytelling means to me and how it affects people. And uh, for, mm-hmm. for me, one of those things about almost classical mythological uh, hero archetypes that you sort of have, you know, 
a, a hero that's exceptional by virtue of their birth or their rebirth that's like better, stronger than normal people and normal rules don't apply, that sort of Superman-esque character that feels mm-hmm. like Hercules, like Conan, you know, that that is an old uh, tradition. Whereas it, it's almost, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way, a more childish version of a character in that um, what, a, what a child imagines adults can be or should be, you know, somebody who does the right mm-hmm. thing, is virtuous, is whatnot. Uh, or even somebody like Batman, who's more of a more uh, uh, modern noirish type hero, uh, is a childish fantasy in that idea that when he became Batman, it was when his parents died. It wasn't putting on the suit and all that. It was he was a kid who couldn't do anything, and when a tragedy happened, and resolved to become a force that can fight crime in that sort of large scale degree. Right. It's a it's a beautiful idea, but it's the sort of idea that only a, a kid can have. That I'll take on crime right. by myself, and I'll be you know that arbiter of it. And he he happens to have all of the things that he would need to do that. That he just happens to be exceptionally rich, and he exce- happens to be super handsome and athletic and super smart, and he can solve it mm-hmm. all. And you know. Uh, his surrogate parent figure is somebody that uh, he is the boss of and that you can't, you know, that. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, because that's 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 the part that a lot of people forget, because yeah. it's always whenever people are talking about DC characters, which I love DC as as a thing. Oh, of but course. When they, when they talk about DC characters, they're like, yeah, no, they're all gods and all powerful and mm. blah 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 well mm. except for batman batman right cool. right and batman. it's like it's like okay but but batman was born rich that's yeah. not any different than being born with super yeah the son of krypton he's so rich that he can do literally anything that's the same right. as like you know being from krypton uh, so there was right, exactly there's that there's that mold and then spider-man spider-man is a the, i'm i'm gonna steal some of this from a great um article that Chris Sims wrote over at Comics Alliance, but that uh, Spider-Man is not just a teenager uh, when he gets his powers, but he is uh, a type of archetype that fits much more into the teenage experience. It's a literal different care. Obviously all these characters are malleable and you can mm-hmm. tell interesting stories in all sorts of tones, in all sorts of environments with these uh, characters. But I-, I just mean literally the way the characters built at their core that Batman couldn't do anything when he was a kid, when his parents died. He becomes, you know, something that can destroy crime, takes on crime as a concept. And he has, you know, by virtue of his birth, by virtue of who he was, all the resources to do it. Whereas Spider-Man is more of a teenage construct in that all of his trials and tribulations and the, the bad things that happen to him are almost metaphors for growing up in in that sort of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer type tradition where, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, your villains are your teachers, uh, you know, right. that, that come or, or your, um, your friends, parents who like somehow hate you for some reason that you don't really understand, or they're, you know, scientists that, that could, um, the, the, the world that, that tension between youth and adulthood is mm-hmm. sort of more baked into the, um, the conflicts there. And right. also, yeah, go for it. Yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, the 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 thing too. I mean, going back to the Batman uh, comparison, like yeah. you said, Batman mm-hmm. uh, was a kid, couldn't do anything. His parents mm-hmm. were killed, and then he resolves to become the thing that could have stopped it. 
Right, right. Spider-Man, the whole thing with Spider-Man is that Peter was the thing that Already. stopped it. Yes, exactly. And he chose not to. Yes. That's why he's like this deeply flawed character from right. the get-go. Like, yeah. he makes mistakes the way the teenagers make mistakes. And he made this terrible mistake that cost his uncle his life. Right. And that... And yeah, the, he, he, he has resolved not to become the thing that could have stopped it, to become a better person. A better person. Yeah. Like Spider-Man's entire tension, no matter where you place him along his, uh, you know, timeline is fighting between who I am and becoming a better version of myself, which I think Mm -hmm. is slightly different and and more of a, a crunchy idea than just an old form of like, well, Superman can fix everything or, you know, Batman can take on crime that like, no, I screw up and I mess things up and I have to literally take responsibility and try to do better, try to be a better person and all that. Obviously, there are a lot of overlaps here and any superhero or old, you know, a classical hero or even a medieval chivalric hero like a like a knight errant or something have similar aspects of like, oh, here's this ideal that I look at and I can strive for to help me do better. But for Spider-Man, he literally is both of them. He's the comic book reader creating a, 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 a bigger version of himself that he's trying to live up to. That like Peter Parker may be down on his luck and screw things up and, you know, not be able to afford his rent or go to all of his classes and, and ruin all his relationships. But Spider-Man is somebody that can do anything and somebody that can that. And I'm, by Spider-Man in that context, I mean the Spider-Man character he created, not the Spider-Man that we know. That mm-hmm. he is... He is trying to be that other person, and and that mm-hmm. that's why he's great. That's that's mm-hmm. why there's something lovely, and it's not just you know. Obviously, it's a tragedy to lose your home planet or lose your parents, you know, to a random gu- gunman on the streets. But also that they those characters kind of move past that inherently. But um, Spider Man, well, I guess he was also an orphan. But the more important thing is the loss of Uncle Ben. That loss <laughs> is tied into that could happen again because he still lives with Aunt May. And I I know it sounds cheesy, but the idea of like, if Aunt May found out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, she might die of fright or that I I could all over again, be responsible just by virtue of who, of, of doing what I am or what I do because I'm the only person that can do it. And because I have to do it because of all those things, just by doing that, I'm still putting people at risk. And that, Mm -hmm. that, that loss, that, that prime, that, primary loss there that orphaning concept isn't just a placeholder to set up at the beginning it's something that stays with him that is is always there the other shoe waiting to drop so that's you know a long way around to just say that spider-man is incredibly meaningful to me and not just as a concept and not just as a fun you know uh character and a book to, to to read about but also the idea that with great power, there must come great responsibility is one of the most important lessons for a developing young person's mind that mm-hmm. and, and and I I think Spider-Man does real good in the world. So I became mildly obsessed with uh, that from a, from a fairly young age. And we'll talk about, you know, what what the movie meant for that in in uh, in a moment. But for me, I, I almost went on this other path of 
how do I bring that concept into the real world and how do I um, how do I live up to that? It's a good touchstone to, to come back to uh, however long uh, however long you live or at least you know as, as far as I, I've lived, it's still a worthwhile, not overly didactic, but it's it's a lesson that's baked into the core of 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 the person of that character, and that I love that. And so, I, but more visibly than a lot of other things I do, I do spend a lot of time making really elaborate Spider-Man costumes and uh, and <laughs> perform, performing as Spider-Man. Not just the Halloween stuff when I was younger, but um, a few years ago, I was um, I was working. I wanted another uh, art project to do, and I. Um, I, I like to have whenever I'm, you know, uh, in between large uh, acting projects or, you know, even like work related things, uh, you know, I like to have a creative project on the side that I can keep myself sane with. And I decided I wanted to try to make the best Spider-Man costume I could make. Um, and so like you, like I did, I, I delved into all the techniques I learned when I was, I was younger. I, you know, researched on forums, uh, different methods of costume and prop making. I, I even at one point talked to some of the people from ADI who built a lot of the component pieces for the original Spider-Man suit used in the film. Uh, mm. And I learned as much as I could. And then I tried to make a, a great version of a, of, of a Spider-Man suit. I built that suit and I, I put, I, I went to like one comic convention in it and I put some images of it online and there was there was such a uh, enthusiasm for it that I got almost immediately. I, I didn't know about like the whole cosplay world as it existed. I just wanted to dress as Spider Man. I didn't know that there was this whole cottage industry <laughs> of like you know people that go to events all the time and go do all those uh, things as Spider Man, as Spider Man, or as yeah. whoever they are. I just I mean there's 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 professional cosplayers. professional That's cosplayers all they which, do. It you know blows my mind. But right. all I did was I wanted to do that, and I I made a post like explaining how I built one of these Spider-Man suits who helped me with the harder stuff and uh, how I sort of executive produced the project. And that blew up and it was, it was on a bunch of websites a couple of years ago, like Gizmodo and top, a topless robot and Reddit and a whole bunch of, it, it almost had its own little life. This like one little photo set I made about how I built a Spider-Man suit. And from that, this momentum happened where I, I started to get invited to, um, do events as like the actual Spider-Man guy at that event, um, you know, at uh, openings of comic book shops or at um, certain conventions that are out here. And then really the thing that that I loved was I got the opportunity to go do hospital visits for um, for kids, you know, with terminal illnesses or uh, at children's mm-hmm. hospitals who are, um, you know, in a really rough uh, spot. There's this this only in the last i want to say like decade there's been this new tradition in america at least of sometimes getting superheroes to come visit them because kids have that immediate um relation to the character where they they don't separate the fantasy reality in the same way that we might where they don't just think oh my gosh isn't it so cool that an actor who plays a character came to visit me or isn't it so cool that like at universal studios there's a guy who looks like spider-man they literally think you are that superhero and that you would take time away from crime fighting to come visit them. It, it helps. I will say it yeah. helps that you are built exactly like what 
you would picture Spider-Man to look like if he walked out of a comic. <laughs> sure, there is. I, I am in a sort of very lanky Mark Bagley way. I yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I lucked out in uh, you know certain uh, degrees that if I. If I if I suit up properly and I um and I and I get into you know the kind of poses that I spent hours and hours as a child drawing and looking over before I even knew who the character was, uh, there's something really interesting about seeing in real life that thing that looks like whatever it was on on the page. That I, I think a lot of uh, sure a lot of the um, reason that my my costume took off was that it was a good costume, but I think a, a not insignificant portion of it was just that. I lucked out that when I'm wearing it, I do look uh, like that, that sort of spindly, you know, el- elbows and knees t- type yeah. of guy. Yeah. And it's, it's great. And uh, when I meet kids as Spider-Man, that is, it, it, no matter what you're scared about in your day-to-day life or what sort of stress you're dealing with, that you can see a child who's uh, facing something they should never have to face, which is a terminal illness or uh, some sort of uh, something that puts them in the hospital for an extended period of time. I mean, I've done events for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, where if you even take apart those words for a second, you can see how serious that is um, for the Ronald yeah. McDonald House and for a couple different hospitals, mostly in um, uh, Southern California. That kid at that moment only cares about meeting this hero of theirs, that meeting this um, this symbol of strength and of duty and responsibility and the, the look on their face that leaves all that other stuff behind makes whatever I'm dealing with in my day-to-day life that stresses me out feel much smaller and much more insignificant and much easier to deal with that there's this humbling aspect to it. And a a distinction I want to make very, very clearly is that I don't let any of that go to my head. It's not about me Mm -hmm. in that moment. It's about them and it's about Spider-Man. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough to get to serve as a ambassador to that character in that Mm -hmm. moment. But, but it's not about it's not about me. So I don't ever get a feeling of like, you know, because some people are like, is it like being a celebrity? Like, you know, or is it like you feel like you know people want your autograph or something? Like, you you just feel like a conduit for for good in the world at that moment, and and mm-hmm. that that has driven me more than anything else to keep you know working on uh, projects or, or or doing events or uh, um, really diving into why these characters mean as much as they do because those kids that you meet didn't haven't spent you know a decade or whatever analyzing and pouring over all of these comic books and all of these like uh, you know old essays that Tolkien wrote or like you know weird treatises about uh, uh, creative writing or uh, story <laughs> structure and things like like they don't have any of that but but the character is meaningful mm-hmm. and and I I think a lot of that stems just from the the fact that it was so well constructed and i'm sure we'll talk a lot about how you set up a character like that in this film but also how they did it in the comics and 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 how they they managed to distill down something very very important and very powerful into this image that uh that that's 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 lasted you know 
40, 50 years, and, and it only seems to be getting more and more um, striking. That, a, a very long uh, digression there, but a worthwhile one, I would hope, um, to get Where, back to uh, tell, this tell film. people yeah. Tell people your uh, your Instagram so they can look oh. up all yeah. these pictures if you want that's if you where want. that's where they all are oh, yeah that is with those. the main one yeah so if you just look up uh at zachary j luna on instagram so that's um zachary z-a-c-h-a-r-y j like john and then luna l-u-n-a like miss lovegood from harry potter or the moon or whatever so <laughs> um but yeah at zachary j luna is a collection of uh, a lot of those um shots that i have when i have done events as spider-man or when i'm, I'm doing things but uh of that, I will at least say there probably won't be that many actually showing the important moments because usually if you're doing an event at a hospital or at a, you know, oh, sure. a cancer walk or something like that, they have a lot of rules in place about, um, you know, photo releases or people being depicted and things like that. So there's, it's mostly just pictures of me. That's, that's what it is. Mostly just pictures of yeah. like Zach climbing on stuff. But, um, you can see what I'm talking about in terms of that, um, commitment to the character or, or, uh, why it's sort of taken over my life um mm-hmm. and why and you're it's on a, your third version of the costume oh boy um i'm on i'll say like my my third public version of the costume uh okay. i've i've built or or had made for me because uh, um after building at even two you don't want to do all of the work yourself so you want help um so mm-hmm. m- more often i'm moving into um having things custom made uh for me but this is basically my my third visible one but i think i've built seven six or seven of these oh, wow. <laughs> over the last few years but yeah so this is my third classic one this is sort of my um idealized version of spider-man uh, uh i what what that character if i looked at him on the page and i wanted to meet him in real life i i still remember who that kid was that i was who wanted to meet mm-hmm. spider-man and so I try to uh, cater to his interests when I'm doing no, this. No, no, that's stuff. great. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I had a, I had a moment actually at the um, at the march, which is indicative of this kind of thing, where uh, I was I was doing um, something that I, that I felt was was important, and I was having my own my own day with like you know friends and family and whatnot, and I heard a voice behind me. Uh, say, excuse me, Spider Man, and I turned around, and there was this kid there who was wearing this Spider-Man t-shirt and had like the biggest eyes I'd ever seen who, uh, you know, he was there with his mom and, and she was, and she was like, can he come say hi? I was like, yeah, of course, of course. And so I, you know, I got down and I did the whole like, um, Hey man, how's it going? Are you having a good day? Like what's going on? You know, type of interaction you, uh, you charge into at that moment. Um, sure. And, uh, his mom was getting out of camera to take pictures and why like that. And he, he put his arm around me and he sort of like leaned over real close and he goes, can you come to my birthday party? <laughs> and it was one of those things where like he there was no disconnect in the world between the the fantasy that uh gives you you know respite from your life or the fantasy that uh that gives you things to aspire to and what he was like in that moment though that all collided into i'm here spider-man's here i have to know if you can come to my birthday because yeah. spider-man's real and there he is. And, you yeah. know, I... I mean, he's not going to waste this opportunity. No, of course. Zach. Like, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I have to I have to make it known to him. And and you get those moments. So I um, I did, I did, I talked to his mom, at least. I, like, I let her know um, a place that where she can touch base uh, with an event coordinator if, if she really does want me to appear at the... Uh, 
at the birthday party, we might be able to make it work. But it was out outside the outside the whole experience of like, you know, sewing and gluing and, you know, tailoring and trying things on and then like suffocating and then like not being able to see properly because of the fog. Beyond all of that, <laughs> you for, it was just a great moment of characters matter. It's not, it's not yeah. just about the indulgence. It's not just about this is a, a really strong person in a really cool outfit. It was about that character means something and it means something important. Yeah. And for for us, and I hope anybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, that's that's true for them, and it's certainly it's certainly true for us. So I I'm really excited to um to get to to look at it in in more depth. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Zach, Zach and I. I mean, if this if this pilot is any indication of what the tone of the show is going to be, <laughs> I mean, Zach, Zach and I are two very earnest people who very <laughs> earnestly love Spider Man so and much. So if you're yeah, and so if you're coming to this. You know, looking for snark or anything like that. Um, we don't have any problems with people who are into that, but no, we, course, that's yeah. not what this show is going to be. Um, yeah, this sh- so, this show is like about celebrating and uh, you know swimming into uh, a cultural icon and uh, and a person that like a, like Peter Parker means more to me than a lot of actual people I know in my real life. So <laughs> like, he's this is. Uh, I hope um, going to be a um, each week. Oh, sorry, daily. Goodness gracious! Uh, yeah. This will be a, a daily place to um, to touch base with that sort of kid inside, um, mm-hmm. and and remind us why why we care about all this in the first place. Um, yeah. Did you? Um, so well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So 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 we we're gonna do another one of these. Um, we're the premiere of the show, the daily podcast, uh, minute one of Spider Man is uh, going to be May first, yes. uh, which is a Monday, and is the week of the fifteenth anniversary of the release of the film on May fourth, two thousand two. All, all credit to Scott for getting the uh, timing right on that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that will be the uh, minute one will be on May 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll, that's a Monday. So look forward to that. Um, obviously that's like, that's like two months from now uh, mm-hmm. from when you're listening to this. Uh, so we are going to do another one of these, like another sort of special where we're going to talk about um our relationship with the movie and also take a look at the, uh, the, the run of, uh, trailers leading up to the release of the film. Oh my God. Um, yeah. That's so we're going to do that. We're going to do that <laughs> in our next episode. Uh, but we wanted to get this out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one for technical reasons, like we want to get the RSS feed started so people can subscribe to the show mm-hmm. and find us before we start. So we can really hit the ground running once the show starts going. Um, so we'll be on iTunes and everything well before the show uh, starts being a daily podcast. But also I wanted to get all of this background of Zach and I out of the way, because once the show starts, there's a lot of background information um, that we want to go through. So we have a credit sequence at the beginning of the movie 
but I don't want to talk about the credits because yeah. one, a lot of the credits are things like actors that I want to save and talk about when they actually show up in the movie. Yes. And, uh, and then there's stuff like, you know, technical things that I want to cover when we actually have to cover the credits at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so during the credits, we're going to talk about a lot of like behind the scenes things, the build up to making a Spider-Man movie because mm. it's a, it was a long road, and so oh, yeah. we want to talk about all of that when we get to that point. So I just thought it would be a good idea to get uh, all of this uh, sort of preamble out of the way before the actual uh, movie starts, right? So, so that we can talk is. about movie stuff. So much movie stuff when it's happening, but uh, that exactly. you guys could. Uh, Learn who we are and and why why Spider Man means so much to us. Uh, I would Absolutely. also like to say that like I have no uh, illusions about being uh, the quote unquote biggest Spider Man fans uh, that exist or the most knowledgeable Spider Man fans that exist. But I I I do think that this is something very meaning, meaningful to my life that um, I I would love to have a spot to uh, to to share that love and that appreciation and that meaning with, with other people. So I might not, I, I don't think either of us would uh, pretend that we know the most in the world about Spider-Man's, you know, various uh, incarnations over the years, but that we do know a lot about movies and a lot about what Spider-Man means for us. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it should be a good fit. Um, yeah. And, and as we go, I feel like, you know, I feel like we come to the table with, um, with a lot of knowledge between the two of us, but mm. I mean, it's almost impossible to know everything yeah. uh, without it being a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I do have a feeling that as we go along, we're going to be learning a lot more. I, oh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm reading the, the Ditko Lee run right now. Um, as nice. we're like leading up to, uh, to talking about the movie because, <laughs> and one of the things that I'm noticing and, you know, I'll talk about those specific moments Mm -hmm. Uh, when we get to them in the movie, there are bits in that, that Ditko run that are just like exactly beat for beat in the movie. Oh, I love it. Which oh. is so crazy to see and so awesome. And I, yeah. I love it. And yeah, I definitely, I want to cover, you know, comics and, and all of that on our weekend edition, uh, just Spider-Man in every iteration. This is yeah. a, this is a show about loving Spider-Man. So uh, if that's uh, if that's something that you are into, this is going to be a show you're going to enjoy. <laughs> Cosine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will talk to you guys uh, in about a month or so mm -hmm. um, to uh, to to talk about uh, our relationship with the film Spider-Man, yes. uh, as well as uh, the uh, the trailers leading up to the release of the film. So. We'll talk to you then. Um, in the meantime, you can find us at DuelingGenre.com. Uh, we are also uh, on Twitter at Spider-Man Minute. Um, we're also on Tumblr uh, and on Facebook and things like that. Go find us there. Mm -hmm. We are going to have a Spider-Man Minute listener group on Facebook, but I don't know what it's going to be called yet. That's something that, <laughs> that Zach and I have to figure out. Yes, we'll um, get there. Yeah, yeah we'll, but we'll get there. But we'll definitely have that up. Uh, definitely in time for the show to premiere uh, in May. Yes. So uh, May 1st is the premiere. But before that, we'll talk to you next month with, uh, with, with talk about trailers. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.